Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist. I'm so happy you're here with me. And today I get to continue the conversation around courage and trusting yourself. I was just talking to a coaching client the other day about the courage it takes to first acknowledge that you have something amazing inside you. And then it takes courage to let that amazing thing come out. It is such a process. And you have to be able to trust yourself enough to do that. Have you ever struggled with that? I know I have. And I have a question for you. Where are you struggling to find courage or to just trust your gut? So many of us struggle with this, and it's because we have been taught to question it, to silence it, but no more. Today, I'm sharing a conversation I had with. Rebecca Haney. Rebecca is a licensed therapist and she is the founder of True Path Counseling Services, a fully online therapy practice in Ohio. Rebecca has a passion for working with people and helping them discover their self-worth and learning to love themselves unconditionally. In our conversation, we talk about courage and trusting yourself. She gives practical things that we can do to help cultivate courage in our lives and how we can learn to trust ourselves and our gut. You will not want to miss this conversation, I promise you. I know it will add value to your day. Let's listen in. My name is Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Leaving my career as a therapist, business owner, and counselor educator was a big risk. But now, as an author, coach, entrepreneur, and podcast host, I am fulfilling my passion to help people move forward toward an essentially better life. Each episode is filled with stories, information, and ideas that I know will be valuable to your life and to the lives you touch. So if you need a therapist, or just someone who used to be a therapist, I know that this is a place that you will feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you, Rebecca, so much for being with me today. This is kind of fun. I, I've i been doing interviews with bunches of people, right, for this season. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I get to see them. The audience, you know, is listening. They don't get to see you, but I get to see you. And it's kind of fun just to get to see people and meet them. And yeah, so thank you very much. Yes, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. So we're talking about courage and trusting yourself today. But before we get to talking about that, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself about where you live, who you live with, all that stuff. Perfect. So yes, my name is Rebecca Haney. I am a licensed professional clinical counselor in the state of Ohio. Um, I am a holistic therapist. So I, I specialize in working with my clients, kind of a balance of clinical treatment modalities on top of more alternative healing practices, such as chakra balancing, breath work, meditation. Um, I do a little bit of, uh, emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping. And let's 
see. I have a fur baby named Luna. She is my <laughs> bride and joy. Um, if you may hear her at some point in time, and I apologize for that. It's okay. You might hear um, my, my but, fur baby too. So uh, I also love being in nature. It's something that I try to do as much as possible. It's a little difficult in Ohio sometimes. There's about five months out of the year where it's much more difficult to be in nature, but <laughs> it's where I like to spend most of my time when I can. I love that. So you are a therapist. Yeah. Tell me about why you became a therapist. So that's a, it's an interesting question and I get it a lot from people just out of curiosity and it started from a place of, I really enjoy hearing people's stories. I've always been really in tune with other people's emotions in their thought patterns and that sort of thing. And then when I was younger, I experienced a lot of anxiety and depression for myself. And therapy was something that really helped me through that. So I wanted to be that person for somebody else, um, for other people in my life. That's very cool. That's a, that's a good reason. So as you have become a therapist and now you're in practice for yourself, do you feel like you are fulfilling that why you became, you know, are you fulfilling Mm -hmm. that why Mm -hmm. now that you are a counselor? So it's interesting because I feel like the why has changed because Mm -hmm. I think when I first started off, it was much more about, I think this will be something that I'm good at. So that was more my why going into it of, yeah, I, I am good at tuning into people's emotions. I like hearing people's stories. I'm a good listener. I tend to listen more than I talk and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And it's evolved more into making a difference in people's lives. So I Mm -hmm. feel like that is my why now, like getting those aha moments from clients. Mm -hmm. And when they just, the light bulb comes on and they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or they really like understand something about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, that has turned into my why. And I feel like that's something I'm definitely able to accomplish on a pretty regular basis as a therapist. I like that. I like, I like it that you have been aware that your why has changed. And I love it when people's why changes. It feels like their vision for their life gets a little clearer. And I I think that's great. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, we, we grow and change and evolve as people constantly. So I think it's, important for us to recognize when mm-hmm. our whys have changed throughout mm-hmm. life because then that helps us reach the goals and the desires that we're working towards. Sure. So what now is your practice like? I mean, like who, who do you see? What do you specialize in? All of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, so my practice is called Your True Path Counseling Services. It is a fully online practice. So I serve the entire state of Ohio. Um, I'm in Southern Ohio, but I can see anybody in the entire state. And I I work mostly with women tending to be like mid twenties to mid forties, kind of that range Mm -hmm. tends to be the clients that I see most often. And I specialize in teaching them how to rediscover their self-worth, step into their confidence really live into their personal power and improve and flourish the relationships that they have with themselves. That's, that's my passion point. That's where I like to work with people the most. Mm, I love that. That kind of goes right into what we're going to be talking about today about um, having courage and trusting yourself and 
So let's just jump in a little bit. I would love for you to define what you think courage is. Um, We'll just start there and maybe what it is not. Okay. So this is a really interesting question because I think I, I may have a different definition of courage than a lot of people, because I think a lot of people do define it as doing things that are either adventurous or dangerous or scary and like really action focused Mm -hmm. and more outward. And I do agree with that in a sense, but to me, courage is more of an inward process. Courage Mm -hmm. is the open, being open and willing to learn, being open and willing to make mistakes and to Mm -hmm. be wrong and to admit when you're not living up to your full potential or when you make a mistake. And to me, that's more courage than saying, putting yourself in a dangerous situation when it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Like people see bravery as, oh, you walk into a burning building, right. but that if it's not for the right purpose or not for a helpful purpose, then it, I wouldn't necessarily always see that as courageous or brave. Interesting. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, you know, seems like that's really part of what you do all the time with your clients is to talk with them and help them to learn to build this trust in who they are, right? As mm-hmm. women and trust them, their gut a little bit and all of that stuff, right? So how would you define that? What does it look like in people? Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, and I think you're right. They they tie so closely together because mm-hmm. I honestly think that courage and bravery come from trust in yourself. You have to have the foundation of trust in yourself in order to then be courageous or brave. Mm-hmm. Because part of having courage is having the faith or the knowledge that I'll be okay no matter what. Mm -hmm. I trust myself and know myself well enough to know that no no matter what happens, I'll be okay. I'll be able to work through it. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I see is trusting yourself is that faith and that knowledge in yourself, knowing yourself well enough to know what you can handle, what you can't handle, what your boundaries are, what what your limits are in knowing what you'll be able to be successful at what you'll be able to work through. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go the right way. Trusting yourself doesn't mean, oh, I know I'm going to be successful at everything I do. Mm -hmm. Trusting yourself at its core is knowing that even if it doesn't go the way that you plan, even if you're not quote unquote successful at it, Mm -hmm. you'll still be able to figure out, you'll still be able to work your way through it. You'll still have that faith and belief in yourself. Those are really good words right there. (laughs) A lot of insight. And I loved what you said about just knowing yourself well enough is what you said, I think, to be able to do that. And that takes so much self-awareness, right? Doesn't trusting yourself take so much self-awareness and being really aware of where your emotions are taking over or where you are not even allowing emotion, right? Or 
where you have kind of blind spots in your life. It takes a lot of self-awareness to be Mm -hmm. able to really trust that even when I fail, things are going to be okay because I can handle that and I can do something different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people that like that definition. (laughs) It's really good. So why do you think it's important in our mental health and, and as you work with clients and even in your own life, I'm sure, why do you think it's important in our mental health for us to work on cultivating trust in ourself and therefore, you know, cultivating courage in our life? Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of people that I work with coming to me, living out of a place of fear, Mm. living out of a place of worry. And that's where anxiety and depression and a lot of those mental health concerns grow from. They grow from this place of living out of fear. So to me, it's important to cultivate that trust in yourself. It's important to cultivate courage so that you aren't living it your life out of fear. You are making decisions based off of what you want to be doing versus what you're afraid of doing or what you're worried about doing. Mm. I feel like the only way that we can grow and evolve as people is if we have the courage to do different things, to have the trust in ourselves, to know it's okay to make changes, that we're going to be okay when we make changes and grow. Mm-hmm. And even functioning through that fear, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes the fear is there and we just have to say, okay, I'm going to act my way into a better way of feeling rather than feel my way into a better way of acting. Yeah. Right. And so Mm -hmm. people that takes a lot of courage to be able to function through that and do it with integrity and, and clear thinking, which is really hard when you have so much fear, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's our natural instinct to stay in our comfort zone. We, if we don't try to do anything differently, we will naturally stay with what's comfortable and what's familiar, even if we know it's not the best thing for us, even if we know it's probably not good for us. Mm-hmm. we will stay with what is comfortable and what is familiar because yeah. it feels safer because we know what to expect from it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the courage comes in of, okay, I have, I have this courage. I have this self-awareness. I have this trust in myself. Now I'm ready to step out of that comfort zone and do something different, do something that I know will be better for me. Mm-hmm. Not just that it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, Can you tell us some things that you have found, you know, helpful for yourself or for your clients in cultivating this courage and trust in yourself? Mm -hmm. Like some, some practical things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really about building up your relationship with yourself as a whole. And the way that I teach this to my clients is Think about how you would build a relationship with anybody else. So whether it's a life partner, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a friend or a family member, if you were trying to improve a relationship with somebody, what Mm -hmm. are the types of things that you would focus on? You would focus on 
spending more and more quality time with that person. You would focus on communicating with that person more often and more effectively. You would treat that person with kindness and respect. You would create opportunities to be honest and build trust with that person. Mm -hmm. So it's really the same types of things just with yourself. So spending quality time with yourself, trying new things that you haven't tried before, making more decisions to build up that trust in that Mm -hmm. self-knowledge, journaling for self-exploration to get get to know yourself better. So it's really thinking of it as, building any other sort of relationship, how we, how you would do that and then mm. turn it on to yourself. I like that. I can imagine that would be difficult sometimes. Yes, for sure. Because a lot of people, you know, they come into this with not having a really good opinion of who they are. And so it's like building, you're like, you know, like you were saying, like it was building a relationship with anybody else, trying to create or cultivate a relationship with somebody that you're not real fond of. Yes, for sure. And I mean, I, I think this is honestly the hardest relationship for a lot of people to work on, but it's also the most important one. Absolutely. Because we can never leave ourselves. Like we will be with us for the rest of our lives. Right. Wherever you go, there you are, right? (laughs) Yeah. We need to take the time and the intention to improve that relationship and then make, make it the best it can be. But I think a lot of people are afraid of that work. A lot of people that I see come from a place of, I'm afraid of seeing who I really am. I'm afraid of spending time with myself. I'm afraid of being alone. Mm -hmm. And they've worked up this fear in their mind that they're not going to like what they find. Mm -hmm. So really being very intentional of looking at the positive things and the the areas that they that they have had success and the focusing on the things that are healthy and great in them can help them start to like themselves. I guess that's the word. <laughs> you know, if you're going to build a relationship, <laughs> yeah. you got to find something you like about the person before you can, you know, before you can even start that work. So, those are really great ideas. Is there anything else that you think is helpful that is just kind of a tangible thing for us to do. I think that would be my starting point. We were talking about, um, I like quickly mentioned journaling because mm-hmm. um, we were talking about before about self-awareness, needing to build up that knowledge in yourself, that awareness in yourself in order to have that trust mm-hmm. in yourself and then have the courage. Mm-hmm. So to me, journaling whether it's free writing or whether it's with specific prompts can be really helpful in exploring who you are, what you like, what your thought patterns are, what your beliefs are. Um, Because I do believe awareness is the very first thing that you have to build. You can't, that is the main foundation for anything, because if you don't know what's going on, then you can't change it. You can't do anything Mm -hmm. about it. So you have to be aware of it first. So that's the first thing that I, always start with with my clients is let's get to know you let's build some awareness let's build some knowledge and then build from there I really like that can you talk just a little bit more about journaling so therapists and you know as a whole like journaling because well it does a lot of great things for you they like to tell people to journal 
But a lot of times folks don't know where to start. They get a journal that's really pretty and they open it up and they have their pen and they don't know what to even write or do Uh or say or anything. And if they're worried that it's going to be wrong and they're worried that it's going to be silly or whatever it is, or they just don't have a clue where to start. Do you have any suggestions of where people should start with that? Yeah. So I have two places that I suggest people start. If you've never opened a journal, if you've never written anything down, I highly recommend starting with journal prompts because it can give you just a starting point. Like you said, some people don't even know what to write about. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can Google it. You can go on Pinterest is a great place to find journal prompts. If you're wanting to like, you can just type in journal prompts for self growth or self exploration or for anxiety or depression or whatever you got going on. And there's a hundred million of them out there. So yeah. Oh yes. There's so many. So, and then you can then pick out the ones that are calling out to you, whichever ones you feel like would be just trusting your gut, trusting yourself and your intuition of what's going to be a good place to start. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people there's no right or wrong place to start with that sort of practice because everything's connected. Mm -hmm. You will start writing about one topic and then it's just going to naturally flow into probably 10 other ones. It's as long as you're open to the process. Mm -hmm. So I suggest that's where you start. Um, Another practice is what I call brain dumping. So setting a timer on your phone for usually five minutes and then just write down every single thing that pops into your head, not worrying about punctuation, not worrying about grammar or spelling or how your handwriting looks or anything like that. Just write everything that comes up in your head. And then when the timer goes off, You can either go back and look and see what came up, look for patterns, or you can just like close the book, put it away and just walk away and let that be your catharsis Mm -hmm. for the day. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I think setting a timer is always really, really good for people because sometimes when you start something like that, it feels like it's never going to end or it's I will never be finished or all of that stuff. So it's very helpful, I think, for setting a timer, even if it's for an hour, you know, if you're like, okay, I want to write for an hour. Okay, Uh do that or five minutes, I have five minutes. And part of that is just setting aside time. Because time really is our most valuable resource, right? It's the only thing we don't get back ever. (laughs) And Uh so I think that just the act of setting aside time for yourself is so healthy. It builds self-confidence and self-esteem. And just the fact that you're doing that is a a huge skill, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. That's one of the main things that I teach on with building confidence and trust in yourself and your relationship with yourself is the intentionality behind it is just as important as the act itself. Absolutely. So it is it is much more meaningful to like write in your calendar. I am setting 10 minutes aside to do journaling or to do whatever work you want to do on yourself versus, oh, I happen to have this time. So I'm just going to go do it. do it because it's convenient. It, it is more powerful to make the choice to do it. Absolutely. An intentional choice. I love that. Yes. I like that word. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Is there anything else that you want to say about courage or about growing trust in yourself before we move on? No, I don't think so. Okay. We said a lot. Yeah. (laughs) You had a lot of great things to say. I'm really thankful for having you here. Okay. We're going to move on a little bit. I want to hear a little bit more about what you are doing in your practice and, and you're growing some stuff. So I want to hear about that. Just tell us anything you want people to know about your practice, what you're doing, other things you're offering, all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. So this is, I do have a lot of stuff going on right now. So I have my one-on-one practice in Ohio, uh, your true path counseling services. Then I also have a Facebook group, a free Facebook group. It's called Grow Your Confidence, Love Yourself. And it is for women in particular who want community behind building this relationship with themselves. It's a community of women who all are in the same boat. They're in different areas of their growth, but they're all wanting to reach the same goal of having a amazing relationship with themselves. And I do free trainings in there every Tuesday at noon Eastern, just quick, like 15, 20 minute trainings about topics around building confidence and self-love. And then also I have a, I created a free guide to overcoming self-doubt. And I thought that would be really interesting to talk about here because that is a huge hindrance for a lot of people when they're trying to build courage and build trust in themselves is that little voice in the back of their head, that little voice of doubt that mm-hmm. creeps in from time to time for people. And this guide that I created is full of mind, body, and spiritual practices, um, very tangible practices that can help you overcome and step away from self-doubt. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm sure everybody will want that. Uh, Where can we find you? So uh, my website for everything that I got going on is yourtruepathcounseling.com. And then I am on Facebook and Instagram. Both are at YTP Counseling. Perfect. I will put all of those links in the show notes so people can get to you easily. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to, now we're going to move on to the three questions I ask everybody on my podcast. So the first one is an event that changed you. So I, this was an interesting question. And the first thing that popped up for me was actually kind of surprising for me, but the, it was the ending of a pretty long-term relationship back in college And obviously at the time I was very upset, very distraught, but looking back on it, it was, that was the point where I started on my own personal development and spiritual journey. So Mm -hmm. that was, that event changed my life in many different ways um, and ended up actually coming out the other side of it, a very different person in a good way from it. I love that. That is so true that sometimes really, really hard events move us to a much better place than we would ever have been without it. Yes, for sure. Okay. A person who changed you. Okay. So I'm going to go the cheesy therapist route and say my clients. So it's not a specific person, but 
something that I didn't ever really think about coming into the field of therapy was how much perspective I would gain on the world from working with my clients. Mm. I think many people don't, they get to see the, like the people around them. And that is the only information that they really get to go off of to make their beliefs about the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas us as therapists really get to see a lot of different viewpoints. We get to see a lot of different people's experiences in their lives, which can help with a very different perspective on the world around us. I have never thought of that. And that is so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have I have known and have acknowledged hundreds of times the impact that my clients have had on me as a person and my personal growth. But I've never thought of it of it like we get so many worldviews that we would never have. Yeah, to me it's just a privilege of like I get it to really is. I have such a wider range of experiences to pull from that aren't even mine. Mm. While I'm making my perspectives or determining my perspective on the world. Well, thank you for that. No other therapist has ever said that, has ever said my client. So that's great. Uh, Okay, the last one, a (laughs) book that changed you. So the book that changed me the most probably is, it's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I don't know if you're familiar. I have read that book. Yes. Okay. (laughs) It's just, it's a, for those who aren't familiar, it's a more spiritual minded book. It's about the limiting beliefs that we hold about ourselves and about the world and just the agreements that we can make with ourselves to have a different and more helpful perspective on as we move through life. And it was just opened my eyes to a lot of different things that I hadn't thought about before. Well, I will put that link in the show notes as well, because that's a Mm -hmm. fabulous book. So, well, thank you so much for being here with me and for all of your insight and wisdom. And I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was a good time. (laughs) Okay. Well, we will stay in touch because I want to hear more about your group and all the things that you have coming up. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes. And you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life and check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.